Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Hill, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and today's podcast is about contracts for difference um, and the reason why I wanted to talk to them uh, talk to you about them today is simply because there's some changes going on that you may or may not be aware of now um, as a, an Australian financial services license holder we get information all the time and we have um, services that we subscribe to to keep us up to date with changes that may affect our license or affect what we need to be doing and how we're talking with people um, and we get one from uh, from solicitors who help us with our um, training and obviously obviously our information. And as a responsible manager under our license, my my responsibility is to continue to read these and trying to keep to the forefront of some of these changes so that I am making sure we are managing our license and our requirements under the ASIC laws and the Corporations Act correctly. And one of the documents we get, um, it's called T-Rex. It's from our um, lawyers, I suppose, our commercial financial lawyers who help us understand a lot of these complex situations that go on with uh, ASIC and the Corporations Act but they, they have a, a regular newsletter that comes out to us with all sorts of information that I need to know and one of the things I was reading in the more current one was re- relating to contracts for difference or what they call product intervention here at last um, and it was saying product intervention in the CFD sector has come to Australia Product intervention has been of interest in Australia since um, December 2016 when the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK announced that it would impose restrictions on the sector. Now later the International Organisation of Securities Commissions released a paper and the Australian Government flagged that it would introduce design, distribution and product intervention laws. Now all that means is they're changing the whole process and because there's been a lot of people contracts for difference are a derivative not well not necessarily derivative they are sort of a derivative but they're an over-the-counter product so they're not an exchange traded product when you buy and sell shares to a stockbroker you're doing that through the exchange the exchange is in the middle of that transaction so um, I may be selling them you may be buying the same share but everything goes through the exchange and the exchange um, collects all the buyers and sellers and matches up all which the, the trades that happen for that day on that particular share or all shares on the stock exchange. Same with options. Options are exchange traded as well um, where, the, where the exchange gets in the middle of that and, and obviously novates all the contracts and makes sure everything's fair. But when you're looking at an over-the-counter product, what it means is you're going over-the-counter with it to the provider. So if you're going into trade a CFD, that means you're trading with the provider of that CFD. So it's a little bit of a different relationship. 
So whilst the, um, the, the exchange is not necessarily involved in that transaction. So ASIC uh, issued its first consultation paper um, on the 26th of June, seeking feedback um, by the 7th of August um, without public commenting on the feedback or publishing its guidance. Basically, it asked that the industry what they should be doing and, and getting feedback from the industry. Um, and it sets out the proposed use of its new powers to impose restrictions on the Australian CFDs. And they also put binary options sector as well into it. Because binary options is one of those places where a lot of people have been ripped off. And I will say a lot of people have been ripped off on, over the last sort of five or six years in that sector. Specifically, not, not Australian providers, but overseas providers. There have been a lot of them in places like Syria and all sorts of different interesting countries that people don't even know where they're dealing with. They think they're dealing with somebody in London, but it's not actually somebody in London. It's somebody in, as I said, Syria or some other country. Um, and I've had so many phone calls from people got stuck in binary options and, and scammy type of um, organisations and losing money. So it's about time ASIC got involved in this and the government started driving more protection for you. But uh, basically... Um, that anybody who's been asked to, uh, to put a submission had until has until October 1 to make a submission to ASIC um, from that. But pretty much the conditions are, and this is what most of them will be, um, ASIC's proposing eight conditions, six which align with global trends and two unique ones. So the six that are global trends, they're going to be introduced because we want to try and be in line with global, what global um, exchanges are actually doing. Um, and obviously the two ones that are unique to our market are probably highly likely to be implemented, if, if not definitely implemented. But uh, basically leverage, uh, the conditions are leverage ratio limits. Um, and often what that means is often you can leverage up to 99%, sometimes depending on the broker and the, the product that you're looking at, it can be even more than 99% where you're leveraging a hell of a lot. Um, and it can range between 10 and 20%. But often the lenders or the, the product providers allowing you to leverage very, very highly because the more highly you leverage, the more money they make in terms of interest, etc. So it's in their best interest to have you leveraging higher. Um, they also know that most of the time people trading these products aren't educated and therefore they make the money. And that's pretty much is, is let's you and me stand on the street corner and we're going to have a look at... Uh, um, you know, a turtle race across the road and it's us having a bet sometimes and that's really almost what it's about with the CFT market is you're getting so many uneducated people uh, determining what they're thinking what they believe the market will do but most people get it wrong because most people aren't educated in it therefore the CFT providers and the binary option providers know that and they know that when you open an account with them most of the money in your account will become their revenue en masse and that's how the, the statistics work 90% of the money going into accounts generally becomes their money and they also have margin close out protection is on their list negative balance protection and that's a really good one in terms of um, if protecting your balance of your account from going negative territory at this point in time if you have a position going against you yes the the the, the, the obviously most of the CFT providers that I know or the ones that I know are all credible they're going to close out your position before you waste all your margin because they don't want you owing them money and them having to chase it but it's good that ASIC's involved in this and obviously it's good that the government's thinking about putting these in to protect you from those sorts of things because if prices and, and markets collapse fast and you get into a negative position, 
basically in theory you owe the CFT provider money. Um, prohibition on inducements, and I think that's a fantastic thing, not inducing people um, through, you know, hey, get a free laptop or get an iPad or whatever the inducements are. I don't even know what the inducements are. I can't think of any, but they might be saying free brokerage for the next three months or six months. Just put $1,000 in or $500 in or $200 in, and then they induce you. And I do know of lots and lots of cases where people have opened up accounts with different places, uh, and not necessarily, not, I'm not suggesting it's the good ones here in Australia, you know, like your FP markets, your cities, your Saxo banks, those sorts of ones. I'm talking about some of the fringe ones are a little bit questionable. Um, they get people to open accounts, they help them get a few winning trades, and then people put more money into the account, and then obviously things from there go sour. And that happens so often, it's not funny where I find people put, you know, $500, or $1,000 in, and then after a few weeks, they put $50,000 in, and they lose a lot. Um, and so that does happen. So trust me, it really does happen. Um, so probably prohibition on inducements, risk warnings. I think you think there can never be enough risk warnings on CFTs. But that, I'm not trying to be negative on your CFTs. I love CFTs. I think they're a great way for you to make money to enhance your portfolio returns. But the provision is, or my disclaimer is, if you're educated and you're a good trader, that's a great way to make a lot of extra money and to increase cash, fl- cash flows and get better returns. If you've gone to a weekend workshop and think you know how to trade CFTs or if you've read a book and think you know how to trade CFTs or if you watched a few YouTube videos and think you know how to trade CFTs, then I really think you need to stand in front of the mirror because the person in front of the mirror, uh, without being rude to you, is delusional. It's not going to happen. You're going to struggle and you're going to lose your money. Um, one of the other things they're talking about is real-time disclosure of total position size because a lot of those CFD platforms are a little bit confusing to people um, and not knowing exactly your real position size. So I think that's a great one. Real-time disclosure of overnight funding costs. That's another one where really do need to know how much is going to cost you to hold positions overnight. And that's specifically more for stocks that trade overnight as well, such as your BHPs, etc., or your futures market. A lot of people are trading, are training, trading using CFDs to trade currencies and there's holding costs there and overnight funding costs there. Um, Transparent pricing and execution. I think there's going to be fun one for that one because transparent pricing and execution is, um, how do I say that? The CFD provider giving you data on the CFD pricing, they're not necessarily giving you 100% to the millisecond data that's coming from the exchange. It's going through their system first and they're making maybe little adjustments, um, manipulating the data a little bit. Um, and so you're not getting exactly what's happening on the on the exchange at that second. Um, but pretty much this is why you need to be understanding what you're actually doing because you're not actually buying a stock through the exchange or having the exchange in the middle of it. And why I suggest you, you really do need to understand the CFD market because it's such a powerful market to make a lot of money. And what I find is a lot of people trying to trade CFDs, options um, and FX are the least prepared for it. And I'll say that again. People that I find en masse, and I'm talking about 90-95% of the people who get into CFDs, options, foreign exchange, um, binary options and worse, Bitcoin, 95 plus percent of people are ill-prepared to be in those markets, meaning they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the experience, and then they lose en masse. And this is why ASIC are bringing out these things and the Australian government are looking into these areas. Yeah, it's a bit slow, 
but it's moving. They had to do the Royal Commission. Now this is an on-flow from that Royal Commission to go further. And I think they do need to go a hell of a lot further because a lot of people have lost the money in those areas from providers that don't necessarily have their the client's best interest in hand. It's more of a, you know, using those, as I said, with CFTs, it's uh, they're making money off you knowing that 90% of the money that goes in your account becomes their revenue. And it really is about... Probably the easiest way I could explain it, if you or me are playing a, um, a game and I know all the rules and I'm controlling the cards, so to speak, if it's a card game, and you're showing me your cards on the table but I'm keeping mine to my chest, who's going to win? Sorry, let's have a drink. And I think the answer is, Dale, you're going to win. If you or me were going to look at a stock on the marketplace or look at tra trade and you were going to try and trade against me, are you going to win with your knowledge against somebody like me with my knowledge if we're trading against each other? And again, the answer is more than likely no, you're not going to win. So that's what I'm talking about. And with the CFT providers, FX providers, it's all the same sort of thing, is that you are setting up accounts and you're not doing the right thing by you if you're not going fully armed, fully educated and fully experienced. If you are, then you're going to make a lot of money. If you're not, then you're going to struggle, you're going to be inconsistent, and you're going to give up a lot of money. Um, great article, or great um, article in, as I said, the um, information I'm getting from our um, uh, solicitors to help us with our AFSL license. But please do your research. It really is not hard to make money in the market if you learn how to do that. You just need to put the time and effort in. But uh, that's it for me for this week. If you've got a topic you'd like me to tackle, um, or talk about, got questions you'd like me to answer, please send an info, send an email through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Remember our live YouTube show every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. on YouTube. So just go to YouTube, type in Wealth Within TV, will pop up. Yeah, you can see it, and you'll be able to watch the replay, not the replay, the recording of it on from Tuesday. So get into our channel. And remember to, you know, forward our podcast on and put them onto social media and help other people find us if you're thinking what we're talking about is interesting for you and you're getting a lot of value out of it maybe your friends might too so that would help us uh, and also help your friends at the same time so wouldn't that be nice but uh, you've been listening to talking off i'm dale gill the chief analyst here at wealth within thanks for listening this podcast is brought to you by wealth within a global leader in stock market education for more information on our courses or to listen to more talking wealth podcast head over to wealth within .com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.